Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a third rock podcast, the weekly chronological journey through 30 rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 65, season 4, episode 7, entitled Deal Breakers Talk Show number 0001, originally airing December 3rd, 2009. David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Liz's Deal Breakers Talk Show is about to launch, but after Devin Banks calls Jack and lets him know that the show has to make money... Jack starts getting paranoid and messes with Liz's psyche to the point where she doesn't even she's not even herself anymore. She's another Jenner. Speaking of people who aren't themselves anymore, Frank takes control of the writer's room while Liz is out of the office and turns into someone else himself. Also, Tracy decides that he would like to have a baby girl, baby but girl. Angie wants him to prove that he's in for it and she won't have to raise the baby herself, so they decide that if he wins an EGOT, if he wins all the awards in an EGOT, they can have another child. And then she decides, no, that's not it. That's just him saying he wants to be an EGOT winner is enough to get them a baby. So it kind of betrays itself in the same episode. Like, because I remember that's a subplot, like a running plot through the season four and five is Tracy is wanting a baby daughter as well as trying to do the EGOT thing. And I was like, that's right. I remember they set up, he makes a deal with Angie, but I forget that the deal is almost forgotten or just ended uh, in the same episode because she's like is that really how you feel okay you can have a baby and it's like well good way to stick to your guns it's, and it's kind of funny because she makes fun of him for not sticking to anything and not finishing anything and then she kind of does the same thing she doesn't really hold up her end of the bargain oh well um but i mean it's it's such a minor thing it's not that big of a deal anyway um but i do like this is kind of like a sort of body swap movie idea of let me finish <laughs> that the Frank switches with Liz in terms of her position he becomes her and then Liz becomes Jenna I mean Jenna doesn't become Liz or Frank or Frank but they swap position bodies it's look I don't oh, you tried. I've, I've got a thread it just may not be the strongest I, I sort of get where you're going but I don't think it quite If now if Jenna somehow became Frank then it That's would be a true. complete loop but have they ever done a three-person body swap movie? It's always usually two people, right? I mean, not that I know of off the top of my head, but surely there's something in the history of... Maybe. ...something that's done that. Why not Futurama did an episode where if you switched bodies, you couldn't switch back with the person that you swapped with initially. You had to swap with someone else to get back into your body. And they actually created this entire mathematical formula. Like, the writers actually... They're all Harvard nerds. They actually created this mathematical formula and how to answer their own problem they created was you had to swap with basically you swap for the next person and I think you had to have an odd number of people and then by doing all of that you eventually got back to where you started. Swap yeah. circle. Sounds fun. Very weird. Anyway, um, thoughts on Deal Breakers uh, talk show. This is a busy episode. There's a lot of guest stars that I kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm. There, well, there's a lot going on. Each each plot is pretty jam-packed. Obviously Liz and the deal breakers and her slowly turning into Jenna and becoming paranoid is the main purpose. But I thought it was a, it's a very funny episode. It's like, very it was, sharp too. Yeah. No wasted moments. Nope. Lots of really good jokes and uh, just... Danny's not in it. Well, Sari's not in it. Uh, but most everyone here is pushing towards something. There's, there's really no limited potential or, or momentum everything's always moving towards them. like Devin comes back for a scene Whoopi Goldberg gets a fun little guest star which we haven't seen EGOT since. Whoopi Goldberg yes EGOT winner um, stop saying EGOT winner dummy because EGOT winner implies EGOT is a thing and it's not a, it is it's it's a thing, the awards and it's not an individual back. thing no. it's a it's a multiple multiple of things but um, so we haven't seen her since season one so she's her, come back. Yeah, on her um, Ukrainian infomercial, was it? Was it? I don't know if hers was Ukrainian. I think they ended up selling Tracy's to the Ukraine. Oh. But yeah, her weightlifting, her workout videos. We haven't seen her since then. And with Sherry Shepard's back, we haven't seen her since. I don't think we haven't seen her this season yet. Um, I, it's been a while since we've seen her. Um, but, so we got two two vet view guest stars. In the same episode. In the same episode. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, no, when will Megan McCain 
Here's fingers crossed that'll happen. Any other thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop in. So we get a cold open. It basically just gonna set up the two storylines in the deal breakers as well as Tracy wanting to have a daughter. So pretty long cold open, but we'll break it up. There's a lot of history in Studio 4C. To catch a predator, the XFL halftime show, storage for broken copier equipment, and now deal breakers. Liz Lemon's got her very own talk show. I'm a star. I'm on top. Somebody bring me some ham. I used to sing that when I was a kid. Yes, well, it's really happening for you, Lemon. Between TGS and this, you're like a swarthy, big-hipped Kelly Ripper. I know. I mean, if this works, my life will be totally different. I have to go back into space, Liz. I hope you enjoyed the kissing followed by my genuine interest in that TV dance competition. Bye, astronaut Mike Dexter. Liz, snap out of it. Jenna's locked herself in her dressing room. What? No, go away. This is my fantasy, Pete. I knew it. You're blonde in your fantasies. It looks terrible. So we first, our first personification, there's a lot in them, but our first personification of astronaut Mike Dexter. So Hooray! We'll see that actor uh, through the rest of season four in small, small bits. But Also, two bits of foreshadowing. One, being locked in a dressing room, mm-hmm. which comes around later, and also hair, and being insecure or, insecure or not liking Liz's hair, or etc. Yeah, and even she, in her own fantasies, like they say, she... Wishes she were blonde, so even she has insecurities about her own hairstyle. She didn't even pull off her hair in her fantasies. I mean, she could. I mean, her actually, her normal hair is. I think she looks. As I mean, she definitely looks better with, as looks a brunette good. than a. I don't think she would look yeah. good as a blonde, but she can always dye her hair. Or I mean, she works in a TV production. She could always just wear a wig or something. It wouldn't look good, probably. But she has means. If she if she really wanted to, she could do it. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh. So then, yeah, we 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 escape for the fantasy, or uh, we come to Jenna's dressing room and she's having once again another breakdown. Jenna, what's wrong? My niece drew a picture of me and I look so fat. Well, I really like your hair today. Thank you, but you don't know what it looks like because of the door. Wow, she finally figured that out. Okay, Jenna, you win. If you're really not feeling up to doing the show this week, I know that Jenny McCarthy is in town. My nemesis? Never. Oh, my God. I bet she put Charlotte up to this. Lemon, that is why Deal Breakers is going to work, because your star is a crazy person, and my star is you. And I am not crazy, because unlike Jenna, my mother never used my beauty pageant winnings to buy her married boyfriend a motorcycle. Exactly. Boy, if this thing works, it could be my ticket out. This job is starting to get to me. Lately, I've been shoplifting just to feel in control. Because no one knows I took the candy bar. No one but Peter. So, I wish we could we could explore the Jenny McCarthy, Jenna Maroney. Probably just because they're two blonde women. That's probably what it's built upon. Is they're two blonde women in acting that are competing for the same roles. But I want to assume that Jenna is pro-vaccine and Jenna McCarthy well is the less the less about her the better when <laughs> when will Jenna Maroney be the judge on Mass Singer she would be a better one is she really a judge mm-hmm. what does Jenny McCarthy know about singing well I mean they're not I mean the judges are like Ken Jong and well I guess Robin Thicke and Nicole Scherzinger but still I mean it's an entertainment show it's not exactly a talent competition but it is literally a talent competition they're... well I mean Sort of, but in the way that, like, all those, like, show, and especially because the costumes, like, I feel like Massinger is even more, like, or excuse me, even less about the talent and more about silliness. Oh, so what's the, the, the point is you're best at singing and you want to continue. Well, I mean, theoretically, yes, but, like, I feel like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I haven't watched since the I first, like, like couple shows of the yeah. first season, but it's, like, singers, like, Patti LaBelle and Shaka Khan had gotten, I think, kicked off, like, relatively early in their seasons, and obviously they're amazing vocalists, so it's not completely about talent otherwise I, guess. I mean i don't know who all was in their seasons in yada yada but i feel like you know 
And even I think Gladys Knight was maybe in the first season and she didn't win, so it's like... Well, she needed a pips, that's why. That's... The pips were there. <laughs> I mean, let's face anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just about singing. I don't know. I maybe like even mostly s- not about singing. I feel like a singing competition should be... I don't know. I don't want to... Again, it, I think it's more of an entertainment show than a singing show competition. That I'll never watch, also, it just... it's celebrities, not... No, 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 no one, no names who are trying to get. Yeah, a but you just said like three or four people that are celebrities for their singing didn't right. win because exactly the same. That's why it's not a talent competition; it's an entertainment contest. Mm-hmm. No, no, thank you. Again, that Ken Jong and Jenny McCarthy are judges on. So, mm. you know. Anyway, all right. Anyway, we get get your flu shot. <laughs> Please. Next, we come to Tracy's storyline, uh, where he has to trick. No, not trick, but well, yeah, he tricks Liz to convince Angie to tell her that he wants a baby daughter. Uh, Liz Lemon, I need to talk to you. What's up, Trey? Come over here and check out my corner. No trap. What? Come over here. I said in my normal tone of voice. Liz Lemon, recently I realized that I have a hole in my heart. And not the one I got from eating batteries. It's because I don't have a daughter. Oh, that's actually sweet. I want a baby girl, Liz Lemon. I mean, having a daughter is like going to the NBA All-Star Weekend. It changes you. Makes you want to take your wife to the doctor. Well, I think that's great, Trey. I'm glad you feel that way. Because Angie's on her way up, and I want you to tell her for me. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, yes, you are. Click. I said click to distract you from the sound of the handcuffs. What? Why are you handcuffed to the bookshelf I built for my husband? Tracy did this to make me tell you that he wants to have a baby girl. You did good. Really? Have you lost your mind? I'm not going to raise another child by myself. What are you implying? I'm a very attentive father. Oh, please, Tracy. Where were you last week doing Tracy Jr.'s birthday party? There was a better kid's birthday party up the street. I cannot believe you made me come here for this. Now I won't have enough time to shop for Christmas presents and still get my hair did. Your hair did? You just got your hair did. You have to get your hair did again? It needs to be did every week. Maybe we could undid these handcuffs. Oh, crisis. You know what? Keep your hair appointment. I'll do the Christmas shopping this year to prove to you I can be reliable and that I can finish everything that I... Come back. Ah... Two really good jokes in that scene I liked a lot. First, the batteries eating a hole in his heart. <laughs> and also, the other kid's birthday party up the street. That was better than his kid's birthday. Yeah. That doesn't make him an unattentive father, I don't think. It just makes him a neglectful father. That's that's two different ideas. That's what I say. Uh, no, no. So, this, yeah, this is the first time Sherry Shepard's been... Jeez. Oh, it's been so long. But she's always really great as Angie. Um, but I like as soon as she comes in the scene, she sees the handcuffs and she's immediately like starting to pull off her earrings. Like she's just she's ready to fight. She's like, I don't. She's like over it, but she's like, I gotta do what I gotta do. She's just ready to kick some ass. <clears throat> but I also like the small joke of them saying, "Get your hair did. You just got your." And then Liz is trying to playfully get on the joke, like. How about we undid these handcuffs? And they're like, no, you can't say that. Like, that's our, like, kind of like, you can't say that. It's just, it's funny because, you know, colloquialisms and all that good stuff. It's just, it's goofy. So Frank gets nominated to be the new leader of the writer's room. And Jack gets a call from a Mr. Adouche. Sir, a Mr. Adouche is on the phone. I am a douche. I am a douche. What do you want? Did you say it? No, I knew right away. Ah, sure you did. Well, DC's great. So many men in uniform down here. If you're calling to check in on your bailout money, just read the budgets we sent. We're getting more efficient every day. Our health care costs are way down since we started putting something on the coffee to keep women from getting pregnant. It's funny, I have been reading the budgets, and I couldn't help but notice that you're doing a talk show with your four-eyed little friend. That is a business decision. She wrote a very popular book. It doesn't matter. Do you know how bad that could look? Worse than me in capri pants, which you'd think I'd be able to pull off because I'm tall. What are you saying, Bex? 
if this Liz Lemon project loses one penny, I am going to publicly flog you like, well, like me at the Provincetown Flogging Festival. In other words, it had better work. But don't worry. She's just a writer with zero performing experience. It'll work. I'll make it work. Morons is what? What? <laughs> what does he say? What? I need a special gift for my wife. Something that says I'm responsible. Something simple. Classy. I get it. Elegant. That's why people come to Yakov's Nubian bling explosion. Yeah, it's perfect. What's that? I want it. I forgot why I originally came in here. Oh, that belonged to Philip Michael Thomas, the actor who played Tubbs on Miami Vice. Sure. I know him from the secret black people meetings. Nah, I'm just kidding. He's not invited. Well, who's an EGOT? EGOT is not a person, TJ. It's a goal. It stands for Emmy, a Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Four awards that Thomas planned on winning in his career. That's a good goal for a talented, crazy person. Anyway, you wanted something special for your wife. Nah, that was earlier. I want this. Did 30 Rock predict uncut gems? That's so funny. The first thing when when the scene came in and he said that, I was like, oh, this... Right. It's like, that's like uncut gems. But I don't think they're, let's say, I don't know, like very stereotypical New York Jewish people owning jewelry stores in New York is not a rarity, so... No, I, actually, I was just watching uh, uh, an episode of American Dad and one of the characters... Uh, he calls one of his jeweler friends and he's like, can you give me the friends deal? Oh, that's not good. And he's like, I'm going to call my Hebrews in New York. And it's like, I guess that's the stereotype. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the stereotype of our, our most, our most like jewels and jewelries and jewel shops in New York. Maybe. I mean, I think it's just a stereotype, like same things like doctor and lawyer, like jewelry store or owner, like, you know, that's why I mean, the, well, the character in this scene isn't, uh, Jewish, right? I mean, Yaakov. Is that? I mean, I mean it could be. I mean, I mean, Russian, but there are a lot of Russian Jews, so I mean, I think that's hmm. the not necessarily, but I think that's. I mean, does, that the, doesn't matter, that but I mean, that's what I would assume. Well, I don't know. If it, I mean, I don't think it's a joke. I think it's just a representation of hmm. someone who's a jewelry dealer in Manhattan. You know, the more important subject. Yes, of, the EGOT, uh, EGOT. The first, the first instance, I guess, of EGOT on Thirty Rock. Yeah, first instance, yeah. which it did not coin, but definitely popularized yeah, yeah, yeah. in culture of the last 10 years to make it into a thing so as far as i can tell philip michael thomas did start the idea of an egot um mm -hmm. and he he originally said it was to get an emmy a grammy an oscar and a tony years later he would say it actually was meant i guess once he determined maybe i'll never actually win one of any of those um he said it was for energy growth opportunity and talent that's much less fun. It's much less fun. It's probably more applicable or main like attainable, but it's not as fun. You're right. Um, but yeah, there's twenty, I think twenty winners thus far. I think John Legend, I think, is the most recent one to have won an EGOT or become an EGOT rather. Yeah, that could be. I feel like there are a lot of people, you always hear there are a lot of people who are like one away. So every award season it's like, oh, are they going to complete their EGOT? Mm -hmm. But I do know that the one of the songwriters of Let It Go from Frozen, I think when Let It Go won the Oscar, like he, or maybe it was something after that, but he won like a double EGOT. So he's won all of those awards twice. Damn. Which is crazy. Robert Lopez maybe is his name. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't remember. I, he did. Well, obviously, he definitely went Oscar for Let It Go. I can't remember if that was what got him to, to the double EGOT, or there was one more after that. But anyway, he's the only double EGOT that I'm aware of. Although there may be more. Also, Lin Manuel Miranda is close to a PGOT, which once he gets his Oscar is Pulitzer plus Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, I guess. But I don't think he has an Oscar yet, so he's not there. Yeah. Well, he's creating movies now. Oh, so definitely. I mean, he, he had one. He wrote that. He wrote the song for Moana that was nominated for Best Song a few I years ago. So I feel like that. I feel like that's probably how he's going to get his Oscars through a Best Song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robert Lopez won, uh, and he was the youngest. And he, so far, he's still the youngest and the quickest to win an EGOT. Um, as he won it in ten years, as of two thousand eighteen. And he's the first one to have won all four awards more than once. So 
Damn, Robert Lopez, save some for everybody yeah. else. And again, another songwriter. I mean, it's true. It's easy if you're a songwriter because then you go, you can get a song into an Oscars. Obviously, the Grammys, Tonys, mm-hmm. and what's the last one? Emmys. I well, just Emmys. They have a song category. I guess they must. They must. I, I mean, know. I don't know how else a songwriter would win an Emmy. So, I bet uh, Robert Lopez helped create Book of Mormon and Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. So, I've learned stuff today. Good job. Thanks, Robert Lopez. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it just it I guess looking into it, the the winners and, and I mean John Legend, what what would he have done as an Emmy? There's one I so a, a good amount of people have won EGOTs have like for producing on something. I think John Legends was for producing Jesus Christ Superstar or whatever. Oh. Or no, Joseph Metallic Color Dream Coat. I can't remember. Some one of those. It was one of those okay. NBC live musicals that he pre- I think he produced and I think it won something where he got credit for. Like a, a lot of people who are EGOTs produce something and that's the reason why john legend andrew lloyd weber and tim rice achieved their egots simultaneously with their shared emmy award for producing jesus christ superstar there we go jesus and he's the second youngest he won it uh, i'm sorry he's the second shortest period he won it in 12 years as opposed to 10 so john legend's not too far off so, yeah i remember in this past year cynthia revo what is an Oscar away from EGOT and she was nominated for Harriet for Best Action like that I think that would have been because I mean she hasn't been I mean she I mean she's been around but in being like famous like she was she was like a, a I think a stage and theater like big star for a long time mm-hmm. but it's the only reason she's become like more mainstream but like I think she would be she would probably be close to the fastest because it's been in very recently she's won all her awards so mm-hmm. if she gets her Oscar soon then she might be the quickest then. I'm not sure how long it's been since she won whatever her first one was. This but. curiously says Barbara Streisand is an EGOT winner and a Peabody winner, making her a PGOT, but I don't see her listed as... Oh. Oh, oh it says Streisand's Tony Award was non-competitive, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that means. That's like, I guess that's like a lifetime achievement or oh, one of those sorts okay. of things, yeah. Okay. But, oh, but Peabody, I hadn't heard that. I would heard Pulitzer for the P and PGOT, but maybe maybe the P is open to interpretation since yeah, it's not it official. it looks like there's two categories. Okay. There's a Peabody, Peabody and a Pulitzer. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, there you go. All right. But yeah, I think, I think Whoopi, I think one of Whoopi's awards... Is a daytime. Is a, right. But is one of hers producing as well? Maybe not. Maybe I was thinking of the daytime thing. I just knew there was some, like, asterisk that people like to... Apply to her. Yeah. Um, the artist subsequently won one or more additional competitive awards, also received one or more honorary or non-competitive awards, and she is a daytime Emmy Award winner. So it might be that non-competitive one. Oh, uh, okay. Could be the same. I mean, awards and award. Also, they don't fucking matter. Well, of course. But, well, they do um, if you want to be an EGOT. Yeah. Not everyone another, gets to be another one. Another meaningless title that you can just display for yourself. Congratulations. Good job. Hollywood, you did it. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough about the EGOT. But that will is be it? a running through line. Uh, through this episode as well as uh, most of the rest of this season and a little bit in season five when Tracy's starting to do the more dramatic because he, he does still want to achieve his EGOT status and I think he does it by the end of the series but I don't but I don't think they're big fanfare affair, like events I think he, like I know he definitely does his Oscar stuff but I don't remember anything about an Emmy a Grammy or a Tony so we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled uh, so Jack, feeling the pressure of Devin's threat, uh, has started to get a little antsy about the production of Deal Breakers. So how you feeling? Feeling good? Ready to go? With Deal Breakers? Yeah, the set looks great. I'm ready. We just need an audience. I just want to make sure we're not forgetting anything because this has to work. Has to work? It's gonna work, right? Yes, because it has to. And because we've thought of everything. <sighs> what if you didn't wear your glasses? What? You think it's not a good look? Well, I don't know. Are you married? I- I'm just saying. Well, I can lose the glasses. I just might not be able to read the teleprompter. And I can't wear contacts because the doctor says my eyeballs are too pointy. What about LASIK? The show will pay for it. Okay, if you think it's a good idea. Great. Now we're perfect. <sighs> what if we change your name to Veronica St. Pierre? No, that's too much. Your hair... It's fine. So something that just made me think. So the way this starts off, it seems like before Jack starts getting in your head, she would be perfectly capable mm-hmm. of doing. I mean, we you, 
I guess she had her previous talk show appearance where mm-hmm. she was on with Jenna where she handles it well. So if she did that, then it would be fine. So it's like, so if 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 by Jack being the, you know, making her paranoid made her like that, did Liz make, you know, was Jenna always that way? Or did Liz try to manage oh. her in the same way? And was she once upon a time, like more quote unquote down to earth? And Liz's management of her made her. Well, I guess like. Into what she is. Jenna's problem isn't paranoia. I mean, it's paranoia, but it's not fear or anything of TV or doing a bad job. It's attention. So it's a little bit different for Jenna. For Liz, though, that is weird. You're right, because she's already been on... T- I mean, she's already been on TV. But I guess, like, in her mind, if, if that if that bombed, it's not my show, so I'm not too worried about the ramifications. But she has shown that she can do TV before. But I guess it is, like, Jack just gets in her head of, this has to work, this has to work, and it just psychs her out, I guess. That's really the best way to read it, is it's just it psychs her out, but... It doesn't necessarily read that well, though, because, like you said, we've just seen earlier this season that she can do it. So, yeah. Right. I mean, I think we've seen flashbacks from when they were in Chicago where Jenna is sort of like what we've come to expect of her. But, you know, I just wonder then. I mean, you know, it could just be I'm just... Well, I don't want to say reading into it, but you know what I mean? Like, just like it's interesting because it presents, I mean, it presents basically Liz becoming Jenna. So, but Jack makes it that way. So I was thinking like, oh, did Liz, did yeah. Liz make Jenna that way throughout the I don't think so. I think, I think Jenna's family life made her that way. Oh, that's right. The, yes. Taking her pageant winnings. Ta- and, taking her pageant winnings. <laughs> to buy a motorcycle. And being, seemingly coming from a, a poor family pushed her to excel. So she would leave that lifestyle behind. So I don't think Liz necessarily, uh, psyched Jenna out or, or anything like that. I don't think she had much of an effect. But that's an interesting read. But I would disagree. But I well, I I wasn't saying that's what it is, just thinking No, no, no. Because no, you know no, what I mean? Like, because the, 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 the parallel is obviously there in one way, so I was thinking, like, oh, is the parallel in another way? But, I mean, yeah. probably not, but it's fun to... I just think the think turn of this is so quick, because we, I mean, not just we've seen her do another show but at the beginning of this episode they open up she's psyched and she's ready to go she doesn't seem nervous she seems ready to do it and it's only when he comes in and he says a couple of things that it's like oh suddenly now she's nervous like if she had shown some nervousness or some hesitancy at the beginning it'd be a little bit easier to buy her suddenly feeling I mean I buy it because Jack makes it I mean Jack yeah, basically not guilt her but like gets her quick to think about that it's like but it's true, but it's like it's. But I mean, think about it. Like before, you're, you know, maybe at first you're like, well, I'm going to on TV. It's gonna be great. But she starts thinking about one thing, and then she starts thinking about other things that that's maybe true. that's not right. So it just like kind of snowballs into locking yourself into the dressing yeah. room. I wonder how much of this also is a little bit of a parallel of Tina Fey going from SNL to Thirty Rock, like in terms of like she was on SNL, but she very either she was in very bit pieces or was only doing weekend updates, so she mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily on TV that much. So I wonder if there's a few parallels of them transitioning. Like, I'm sure she someone told her her hair was fine. Can, you, can you wear contacts or right. do you want to get LASIK or maybe change your hairstyle? Things like that. And she has changed her hairstyle over the course of the series as well as from multiple times through her career. So I I feel like there's got to be like executive notes they're they're cribbing off of in this episode of when Thirty Rock was initially started because even when. 30 where I started, Liz did not look anything like this. Her glasses were different, different hairstyle, different style of dress. So, yeah, definitely, they're clearly leaning into the back backstage politics or whatever of production of a TV show yeah. with this episode. Which, is, I mean, that's the the bulk of this show is backstage politics or, or the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. So it makes sense. So... <laughs> This is such a great visual joke because it's so stupid. Uh, well, <laughs> Tracy.com and Grizz are playing Marco Polo, but Tracy's blindfolded with a sword and swinging around trying to find them. He uh, breaks the news to uh, Angie that he dropped the ball on Christmas present shopping and has now a new goal of becoming an EGOT winner. Marco Polo! <laughs> Marco! Tracy, put that sword down and help me take these gifts to the car. No need. I got something better than presents for you and the kids. I got us all this EGOT necklace for me. That's exactly what I was talking about. 
I send you out for gifts and you go and buy that dumb necklace for yourself. It's not dumb, it's smart. This necklace is a life goal. I'm gonna win me an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. What? Tracy, you've never finished a damn thing in your life. I am gonna EGOT for us, for the family, and especially for a little Chewbacca Jordan. Okay, Trey. You go out and win every one of those awards and prove how responsible you are, and I'll give you a daughter. But until then, I don't want to hear another word about your baby girl. Great. I'll be in touch. You still use your Hotmail account? Clearly, Angie does not have much faith in him having the, um... <laughs> the ability. <laughs> the, the ability or spirit to complete anything, let alone any guy. Yeah. But she leaves it open... I, guess, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like, what's her character at this point in the show? Like, we've seen her protest many times. You know, Tracy, you never do this, you never do that. But in the end, she still ultimately either gives in or just accepts it. So it's like, what's her character supposed to be in 30 Rock right to now? To drop just like, in every once in a while and... Make a couple of funny commentary and jokes yeah. and then... Give give it's... give Tracy's character some conflict to work towards or overcome. I guess. I don't know. I feel like if the show had went on for a couple more seasons, there might have been like a divorce kind of storyline with them. Like maybe she just eventually just had enough and there was something that crossed the line, but in the previous season we've seen that they... I mean, they could have, but I feel like that would have been a little hacky. Like, it I feel like the happened, thing about their but... relationship is though that like despite like all the things that are may not, quote unquote, may not be a good relationship like they still yeah persevere and stay together I mean together, I, I would I mean? rather them stay together and not right. have a hacky divorce thing but I'm saying I feel like for that because there have been so many instances where things have happened that they should have maybe but still don't like that to actually do it would be just like okay we need to yeah, do a plot just we need thing. a storyline so. yeah yeah I mean that's when you do it like season 11 when no <laughs> one's really watching anymore anyway so while Liz goes to get a real LASIK eye surgery from Dr. Spitzchemin um, and probably one of my favorite lines of this episode is the, you sure you don't mean radio? And Liz, like, <laughs> we were thrown into the world where she's heard that too many times lately already. And she's just like, why do people keep saying it? It's so funny. Um, we come to Tracy and his crew as they are analyzing and building up their plan to EGOT. I'd first like to thank my creative team for coming here on such short notice. And I'm sorry I'm four hours late. Dot com, research update. I googled a complete list of all the past EGOT winners. Listen to this. Composer, Richard Rogers. Composer, Jonathan Tunick. Composer, Marvin Hamlish. That's good raw data. Now turn it over to Grizz for analysis. They're all composers. Kenneth, synthesize Grizz's analysis. Mr. Jordan, you need to write one great song. A song whose success will get it featured on a TV show. And then a movie based on that TV show. And then a Broadway play based on that movie. This is how I'm going to get my baby girl. All I have to do is create the most popular song of all time. I've started already. That's great, Trey. So I hate, well, I don't hate, but I'm going to nitpick here where technically you couldn't do it that way because I guess you could have a song that won, one song that won a Grammy and an Emmy or a Grammy and an Oscar or a Grammy and a Tony. But when you get to, I think, Oscar, Tony, Emmy, they have to be original songs, right? So I know definitely for Oscar and I guess Tony they do. So you couldn't have a song win both an Oscar and a Tony. Like, I guess it could be he writes a song that's used in a TV show where he, then he gets a production credit on a movie or something, but the same song couldn't win. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be an original song in the format. So, yeah. that's not the best plan, Kenneth. Sorry. Well, Kenneth isn't a producer or a creator. He's he's just... But he could write a couple songs, maybe write write a song for a movie, and the, or write a song for a play that turned into a movie, and then write a new original song for the movie based on the play. That yeah. could be a way to do it. There's There's a weird goof on imdb that someone has called out and i get what they're saying but i feel like what the show is saying isn't what their argument is but they're saying when grizz and uh, com list the previous egot winners they say they're all composers and what grizz is saying is the three that they have stated right. are all composers. that's the joke that he only but says the imdb 
Goof says, in actuality, only three are composers, while five are... They didn't just, get the it's joke. It's so nitpicky that it's just... Also, like, the joke in the show was that he just listed three people. Right, not and then, all of them are composers. Right, yours was saying He's, that yeah. the three people he that .com had yeah. said were composers. It's just so. someone reading too far into it. That it's just like you're... I would say reading too far into it as just not not getting there in the first place. Overthinking it, maybe. Or under. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. I mean, we do the same thing, so. That's true. We're not guilty. We're not innocent. We come to the studio where they're still shooting the opening credits of Deal Breakers, and they're on take 510, which... Mm. I mean, after 100, why would you even still try? Liz Lemon perseveres. Liz is doing her best, and it's mostly visual, but I'm keeping this in because just the the Pete and and Jack just giving her instructions and... Yeah. Well, it actually is funny because like, I feel like so many of those like talk show interstitials are people like doing like random yeah. silly moves and dancing and whatever so it's like she's yeah. not i mean what she's doing is not that different it's just a lot sillier than yeah. someone, how and someone would actually do it and you're life. actually seeing it being produced because yeah. you, you i mean i i genuinely cannot remember the last time i've actually watched a daytime talk show yeah you guys watch them i mean Oklahoma, i say i feel I like i see attention. it yeah i pay attention so like so I, I mean for the past whatever 10 years yeah. that's my experience but my, my idea of like the opening of the view is it's just like sweeps of them coming in from the side of the screen but they're like yeah. sitting down well, they're not I don't like, think it's part of the sh- necessarily part of the show itself as much like ads and like yeah. little ad breaks and stuff where like people are just like randomly like throwing their things into the air you know moving yeah. throwing their arms up or doing a little dance or whatever so yeah. you don't see many of those but then again we don't yeah. watch commercials that much either so maybe it does happen more often than we I think so because I mean I feel like I mean I recognize like all the things she was doing not yeah, as, like yeah, not like yeah. exactly those things but I feel like just the general like I feel like I can picture in my head just like I can definitely see you know yeah like 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 spots, uh, when when they're doing like promotional consideration paid for by blah or closed captioning sponsored by blah like there is usually like some sort of scene happening yeah. in the background or even like on the local you know the local news jury at like noon or in the evening when it's like coming up later today or you know at three yeah. o'clock is blah 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 yeah. You, yeah you know you don't yeah I guess if I guess if you watch enough TV now there probably are more but it's been so long since yeah. I've really had to watch ads that. I'm, they're a little foreign to me, I guess. I don't know, but she's doing her best, and it's 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 just there's so many fun. What did we call it? Slapstick? Was that the word you were stumped on last time? Yes. Yeah, a lot of physical comedy and slapstick happening in this scene. Deal breakers. Main titles. Take number five hundred and ten. Okay, here we go. One more. This is the one. And action. Great. And smile. With your mouth. And raise the roof. Yeah, you can whoop, boy, you can do it. Good, oh my god. Break it down, break it down. Oh yeah, yeah, sassy, sass it up. Wave to a friend, and wave like a human being. You remember waving? And blow a kiss. No, with your hands. And, uh, a little cleavage. Nope. And just have fun. Are you spinning a basketball? This is great. You look really relaxed. I'd watch this show. Okay. What's happening to her? Okay, Lemon, step in front of the high-def camera. Let's see what that looks like. No, no high-def. Because of the camera, the uh, gobos are really moraying. Right, Pete? Please step away. I have a delivery for Miss Lemon. Oh, an opening night bouquet. I wonder who sent that. They're from Devin Banks. Oh. Banks. FEMA paid for these flowers because your show is going to be a disaster. Jack, what is this? Oh, God. I got a tattoo that says freedom in Chinese. And for what? May I have a moment alone with Lemon, please? Okay. Here's the honest truth. You're better at this than Oprah. I need a minute. Hello. I fully understand the irony of what I'm about to say, but I have locked myself in my dressing room and I am not coming out. 
So that line there, you're better than this than Oprah. That is definitely something Liz would say to Jenna. So we've yeah. heard her say it before, like you're better than Deborah Messing and Julia Roberts, I think. So like we've heard her give those pep talks or whatever. But it, like Liz was smart enough to realize, yeah, that's not gonna work on me. Like I know, like I mean, she just did 500 plus takes on just the opening credits, and it's just like clearly it's not working. So many good moments of. Raising like the raising the waving's my favorite because it's like <laughs> jelly arms. She's literally just, like Muppet or like uh, Kermit the Frog yeah, Muppet exactly, arms. Yeah, um, I'd also like the smile with your mouth, <laughs> like because there was was it was it two years ago when we were doing New Year's Eve stuff and I just could not get smiling down like at all. Just just two years ago, you couldn't do it. I've gotten better, but I feel like it was when we were uh, was it Durham or Raleigh? I can't remember. Yeah. But that was bad. And I look back and my eyes are just too big. Just, I don't get it. Huh. So I, like I, I feel your ghost. pain. I feel your pain, Liz. Also, there's a really fun visual gag where they all walk by the yeah. high-def camera. And Liz is not... <laughs> looks a little a, scary. She's got a unibrow, a bunch of bumps on her face that I can't tell if they're bandit. They look like band-aids, but I guess they're like moles and just pimples and stuff. Yeah. Pete is a creepyish looking old man. He looks like the janitor that was in a couple episodes earlier. And then Kenneth, Kenneth is a Muppet, which is perfect. And yeah. Jack, was, is that, was that actually footage of like younger is, Alec Baldwin? Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Of like young, suave, handsome Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I've always wondered that because I was like, they couldn't have found a look like yeah. that. Yeah, see, I mean, it looks I was like, maybe he's one of his like younger, him. maybe he's one of his brothers. Because Daniel Baldwin? One of the Baldwins is in a later season, and mm. he looks very much like Alec Baldwin, or looks like Jack does. So I was like, eh. but no, they just pulled it from uh, Hunt for Red October, and they just ah. digitally removed all the stuff to make him look like Jack. So there's some fun special effects going on. So Liz has understood the irony of what she is doing, but she has locked herself in her dressing room, and now it's time for the negotiator to step in. Feminist Jack. Don't even bother. I've been on the other side of that door, Jack. You can't outsmart me. I know all the tricks. It's like that movie, The Negotiator. I didn't say that. In the end, the police chief turns out to be the bad guy. I didn't say I wasn't going to see it. Lemon, what is it going to take to get you out of there? What do you want? I don't want to do this show anymore. Shut it down. I can't do that. If this thing loses money, I may as well let Banks play out one of his gay home invasion fantasies on me. Then I guess it's a standoff. And I want pizzas for all the hungry people in here. So you trying to EGOT, huh? I got an EGOT, Whoopi. See, I made this deal with my wife. If I don't EGOT, then I can't have another kid. You know, I got my EGOT on the bed, too. That's why all inspector had to change parties. You created the supermajority? Can you explain that joke to me? Because I'm dumb. I don't so Arlen Specter was a senator from Pennsylvania who was originally a Democrat. He served in the Senate for a long time. He was originally a Democrat. He switched to the Republican Party for a long time. And then in 08 or 09, it was after Obama had been elected, um, he voted for the big bailout bill that, as a Republican, that was unpopular in the party. So people were calling for him to, um, I think, be primary. Anyway, basically, he switched parties again Back to being a Democrat, which then so that created this the at the time Democrats having a supermajority of, of sixty in the Senate, and he ended up I think losing a primary, uh, whatever the next election was after that. So, hmm. but yeah, basically longtime senator switched parties a couple times, and then most, specifically what they're referencing here is when he had just switched over back to being a Democrat again, hmm. and causing a supermajority. So apparently it was because of Whoopi Goldberg bet him to. Yeah, bet him to vote for win. the bailout bill that made him unpopular in the I guess Republican Party. She's I like, oh, if I win a daytime Emmy, you've got to switch. I guess that was the bet. Because that would have been the last thing she would have won, right? Cause Maybe. I'm trying to think what she would have won a Grammy for. I guess probably a stand-up. I don't think she would have had a song because she's not a singer. Yep. So her Grammy Award was for a stand-up um, direct from Broadway. The first... I'm sorry, the second solo woman performer to receive the award. She won her Tony as a producer for Thoroughly Modern Millie. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I thought something was, was for producing. She won the Daytime Emmy for her role in The View. And Oscar for Ghost, right? Did she win for Ghost? I think so. 
Color Purple. She had two nominations for Color Purple and Ghost, winning for Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's hard to believe that Ghost is an award-winning film. Like, it's wow. not bad, but it just seems like such a, I don't know, it just seems out of the realm of a Oscar-worthy picture. Could the song have been nominated despite being so old? The, uh, uh, was it original Righteous Brothers? No, no. Oh, it has to be an original? Yeah, yeah, it has to be. It's an original oh, song, Oscar. That makes sense. Is that true, though? Yes. It has to be originally written for the movie? Yeah, that, that's why when a lot of big musicals are turned into movies, they write an extra song for the movie so it can be nominated in the best song category. Like, like famously, it's like Cats. Like, Taylor Swift wrote that song for Cats that was the new song movie that was obviously didn't get nominated but was supposed to be their best song nominee um i mean there, there are tons i mean all the um the disney movies like you know when lion king like there was the beyonce song that wasn't in the original lion king that was added for this one that was their best original song try like that's usually what it is because it has to be an original song Okay, well, the, the reason I ask is because I know you love this movie as much as I love this movie. <sighs> Crash. Oh, your favorite movie, yes. Uh, it's not my favorite movie. It's a good movie. Mm. It's better than Brokeback Mountain. And I'm sure you... We're well, not going to argue about this. I'm... Anyway, move on. No one needs to hear your, bad, the, your the, bad movie opinions. The submitted song that year from Crash was a song called In the Deep by Bird York. Mm-hmm. And I knew that song had come out before Crash. Because the song was originally released in 2003. That mm-hmm. movie came out in 2006. So it looks like there was some controversy on the eligibility because it originally appealed, <coughs> originally appeared in the movie The Civilization of Maxwell Bright, which was in 2001 or 2002. So that's why I'm saying... Well, that's why there was controversy it be, because it's supposed to be an original song. It doesn't have to be an original song because clearly that it can make the cut. I mean, it has to be original and then I guess... I mean, everything's technically original, but if like in this case, it wasn't explicitly written for Crash. It was just happened to appear on the soundtrack, and people liked it enough that they submitted right. it as a nomination. So, seems like there's some gray area. There was, but, but right, but but okay, but again, like I just said, every time a big successful Broadway musical is turned into a movie, they always write an original song for the movie because none of the songs from the plays are eligible to be a best song. That's literally why mm-hmm. they all do that. So it sounds like that was like an anomaly that obviously caused controversy because it's supposed to be an original song. Well, it deserved to win. I don't remember what won that year, but it okay. deserved to win. That's a good song. I don't get it. Why is it so hard? I paid all these people to create the most popular song in the world for me. That's the problem right there. You cannot fake your way to an EGOT, fool. You know, all these awards I got, I got for projects I believed in. Wait, is that a daytime Emmy? <laughs> It still counts. Girls gotta eat. Listen, my point really is, it's gotta come from the heart. And then the awards will follow. That's good advice, Whoopi. Mm-hmm. Say, <clears throat> can I have a glass of water before I leave? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Colored man, put it back. Put it down. I think she's my favorite guest star this season thus far. She's in the one scene, but she, I don't know, she's just so charismatic that I like Whoopi Colbert. I don't have any problems with her. Apart from some ill-advised comments on The View, she's... Well, I mean, she's not the worst person on The View by any true. means. But yeah, was, was I think we mentioned it last time. She, something about consensual something. Well, just defending... Cosby by, like, mm-hmm. was it rape? Maybe I think, like, was it rape-rape is the, is the infamous comment anyway again but everyone has the their person no everyone has their faults and their not as good moments overall she yes she's a she yeah 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 person I mean, no one's perfect of course but yeah if that's the worst thing that she's said slash done in her 60 plus year career that's small yeah. no it's not no i don't want to defend it it's not great but everyone has their comments and thoughts that are not great yeah. So, yeah. oh well, no one's perfect, but she is a funny. She's a yeah. funny comedian and good actor and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But Jenna's business sext has come through. She's here to save the day. Lemon, come out. Jack, I just got your business sext. What have you done? This is no time to play the blame game. Of course not. I'm not wearing my outfit. Jenna, 
You're the only one who knows what Lemon is going through right now. Help me. Well, oh, I hate to even tell you this, but I've always wondered why you guys don't take the door off its hinges. That's not gonna work. This changes nothing. Lemon, I am hemorrhaging money right now. Your audience has spent the last hour listening to Kenneth tell cleaned-up versions of Garrison Keillor stories. Now, I understand performer Liz is freaking out, so I need regular Liz's help. I don't know that she's here right now. Lemon, I need regular Liz to tell that crazy bitch performer Liz to get out on stage and give me something I can try to make money off of. Please. <sighs> hey, buddy. Your hair looks nice. Don't try those tricks on me. Oh, boy. Okay, I know that it's been a hard day. I could have had it all, but you had to ruin it with your thinking. Come on. You're a star. You're on top. Somebody bring you some hair. You should kill yourself. <gasps> Good God, Lemon, what is that? This is how I cry now. Ever since you made me get that off-brand eye surgery. Lemon, what have we done to you? It's okay. Go home and get some rest. I'll take the hit. Oh, I can't let you do that for me. Let him go. Poor Liz finally hit rock bottom. I just, I'm, I like so many things about that scene. Like the, the framing of when it's performer Liz and producer Liz. How the camera just keeps jumping back and forth so you can see the two sides. But nothing's funny except for her crying out of her mouth. Like, that's the only funny... Everything else is just, like, try hard. Like... Oh, I liked it. I just... I don't know. Like, it just... it. There's too many extremes that it goes to. Like, I don't know. The, the kill yourself line. It's just, like... That just seems like a bit too It's much. all her insecurities just uh, I, I don't, I, being I, I, over I, I the just, top and histrionic. I just think it, it hasn't been earned like again the turn came 10 minutes ago in the episode no. they only had 20 minutes to i know but it's just like it, no, none of it felt earned for it to become that drastic that it's just like she's she's just gone full on into jenna mode i don't i've never i've never particularly cared for that that bit i'm sorry eh, can't all be winners and now, speaking of giving up, uh, Angie has already given up on her deal as she agrees to uh, mother Tracy's new baby. Baby girl, you're the missing piece, the perfect fit. Baby girl, you're the product of doing it. Damn it, Tracy. That's what's in your heart. You sweet fool. Let's make a baby. Oh, wait! If you really want a baby, I'll give you my gift. But I must warn you, I won't be around a lot. Because I'm egotting. Oh, Tracy Jordan. You're an idiot. I know. We're lucky people laugh when I say stuff. Mm. I don't know. It just Everything seems to just... I feel like this film has been like a two-part episode of setting up a bunch of stuff and then doing it in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does like everything that's set up is like immediately resolved. And it's just yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah, I guess there is no really like good reason for Angie to suddenly like give in like that, except that the episode has to be resolved now. Right. So if you make it two episodes, you can yeah. end it on a cliffhanger because this is right around the holidays, so you know you're going to take a break uh, from holidays until the new year, so you could have like a stinger or something to like bring them back next year i just feel like they if they'd stretched it out i could have done something a little bit more with it other than just like her seemingly forgetting her her drive to be like no you've got to commit something but no i'll just i'll let you have a baby now because you seem honest and it's like all right well again what is her character albeit just she gets angry and then the very next scene, she's forgiven everything and it's just like ready to continue again. And it's just like, all right, well, I don't understand what the role of the character is other than just Tracy a plot conflict for the week for 10 minutes and then it's resolved. And it's just like, ah, oh, well, oh, well. but she is a tertiary character. So it's not that important, but it still is like 
she she's used well, so we can see that she does good things when she's here. Just yeah. Anyway, uh, everything started setting back to the status quo as Liz returns post deal breakers, and Jack has some good news. <sighs> So, uh, how are we doing? And by we, I just mean the two of us. I'm okay. You shouldn't have said anything about my hair. I know that now. I think it will grow out nicely. I agree. I'm sorry that I uh, ruined... You didn't. I sold the opening titles. Really? To who? Whom? And from now on, whenever a television is on in the background of a Shineheart Universal soap opera, you... We'll be on it. I'm gonna be on TV, on TV. You're back. Thank God. I missed you so much. Don't ever leave me again. I'm back. I'm back. So, <laughs> we skipped all the scenes, yeah. but... We mentioned it, but for sake of time, we did cut some scenes. There, There is a fun through line with Frank through this episode of him slowly turning... Like we mentioned in the beginning, slowly turning into Liz, like where he adopts her mannerisms and he starts dressing and looking like her. And talking. And, and talking. Uh, and even in that scene, they're basically wearing the exact same thing and looking exactly identical, so... It's a, fun, it's a lot of fun visual jokes uh, throughout, but just some things we had to cut for time, unfortunately. Um, but that's the end of the episode. We still have the post-credits uh, that, will, that will play us out, uh, which will show... I don't know if it's a real show. Some soap some opera. Soap op- I don't know or something that's supposed to be a soap, soap opera. Operas are. With like, Days of Our know. Lives? Guiding Lives? No, that was CBS. Um, I know that. Because that was my mother's show. Yes. My grandmother's my show. My grandmother's was Young and the Restless and Old and the Beautiful. Ooh. We had to watch those things. Oh. <sighs> the Young and the Restless though, best soap opera theme song by all, by, by far. I can't think of what it's called right now. But the just the piano. The, you the, know, the one that Mary J. Blythe sampled for yeah, her song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Mary J. You do have a good song. Um Besides 911 with Wyclef John. And all the other good songs she had, How uh, Dare You. Well, you don't like Crash, so obviously your opinion is moot. Anyway. Oh, dear. <laughs> but basically what's happening during this small segment is they have a TV on in the background, as you do in a hospital. Most people have is Dancing around and raising the roof. Well, I know she's actually raising the roof, but... She's doing something. She's doing various. Yeah, but Liz is watching actions. herself... Uh, with us um just basically watching whenever she's on screen and commenting on it it's fun it's a fun little uh, outro for the episode and she's just enjoying it so much i'm sure we all think i think anybody that's on tv would have some sort of small hooray about it hooray uh, hooray anyway oh man uh final thoughts on deal breaker talk show zero 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 one it was better than crash oh yeah I'm not, gonna, I'm not crazy. Anyway, no. Uh, <laughs> but right. like I said, fun episode. Mountain, so. Anyway, Just anyway, saying. anyway. Moving on. Anyway, fun episode. You're right about, especially around Angie's character, where they're in the way some of the plot lines are resolved. That it's kind of like because they have to resolve it in time, as opposed to like an organic way to resolve it. But still, I think a very sharp episode with mm-hmm. lots of good jokes, visual one-liners, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean more critical just because we are overanalyzing everything but it's still a fantastic episode it's super sharp uh, everything is there's no wasted momentum i mean the frank storyline it's it's forgettable but it's also it's only on screen for probably two minutes total so it's not something taking up too much time from anything else uh, which we've seen past storylines just borrow too much time that it's just been like why why is this still here kind of thing so um even when like they're just doing like seaside stories they can still do really funny things um would you consider both these a stories because they're both building to some well i mean this is essentially this is the end of deal breakers so that storyline wraps up but now we're now starting the i would say deal breakers was the a plot and egot was the b plot yeah but so we've wrapped up one storyline now so going forward we're basically going to be following uh tracy's new career well not new career but his new goal in his career of becoming an egot winner so yeah um that's the deal breaker that's a deal breaker talk shows ladies 
Uh, any other thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? I don't think Kenneth pops up as a Muppet anymore, but I wish he I did. I see any more Muppets. I mean, that's too bad. We'll get the Muppets out of our system. Fun. I oh, agree. Well. I think there's some of the best things still going right now. Hope we see more of them soon. Hooray. Hooray. Indeed. All right, well, as always, thanks for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Uh, we will see you next time on episode 66, season 4, episode 8, entitled Secret Santa. Mm. Julian Moore is on screen. Ooh. Uh, this is my least favorite. You go, Gloria Bell. Or I don't get that reference. Um, it's my least favorite romantic subplot and guest star, I think, in the entirety of 30 Rock. I just Aww. don't. She's fine. Julianne Moore is a fantastic actress. I've got nothing against her. Her character on 30 Rock just sucks so much. I hate it. Because it's such a bad Boston accent. It's, I don't know. I can't judge too much, but Jesus. Anyway, get hyped for another episode. Dave takes that. See you next time. Hey, you fancy face. <laughs> you scared me. I thought I was going to lose you. You can't get rid of me that easily. That's me. My wedding ring. I found it on the beach. That's me again. What is the... What is this TV show? It's very distracting. <laughs> I'm a star. I'm on top. Somebody bring me some help.